Hey everyone, Josh here. Quick question for you. Do you like coffee? Even more important question, do you like fresh coffee? Coffee that's roasted to order and doesn't taste like the bottom of your kitchen oven. If you answered yes to any of these questions, then you need to head over to McQuanoCoffee.com and get yourself some of the best coffee there is to get. Whether you like the light roast or the dark roast or you're feeling a little whimsical and you want to get that sample pack, McQuano Coffee Roasters has everything you need. And just when you thought this couldn't get any sweeter, make sure to use the promo code REFORMATORY to get 20% off all bagged coffee. Do yourself a favor and stop drinking bad coffee because you know what? Life's too short for that. Head on over to McQuanoCoffee.com and use the promo code REFORMATORY to get 20% off all bagged coffee. You will not regret it. Thanks, and now on to the show. What's wrong with you people? How do y'all feel this morning? Why do you always make me define what you meant? What? That's how I feel. I don't know why you're clapping. I'm talking about you. Hello and welcome to the Reformatory, the podcast where we engage in life, culture, soft baked cookies, and lots and lots of other things without taking ourselves or others very seriously at all. I am one of your hosts, Josh Loftus. I am said cookie eater, Jack Berry over here. Seriously, dude, you're stuffing your face. I feel like we got, we got, I feel like the mouth noise on the Corn Pops episode, man. I feel like people weren't too happy with that. It was like an ASMR video. Yeah, the the, the popcorners, I don't think we're uh, jiving with a lot of people. I, I don't think so. I, I mean, they were delicious, don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I can only take so much mouth noise. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. There was like, a lot of crunch in that. In the, there were a lot of crunch, episode. dude. What's with AS? Okay, let's let's. I want to I want to <laughs> talk about this because I don't understand this. <laughs> what is with those ASMR videos? Now, if people don't know what ASMR is, mm-hmm. I'm sorry because I don't know what it is either. <laughs> Do we know? It's like it, it's like audio uh, audio sensory. Yeah. Uh, something something I don't know. Yeah. It's basically like the little tingles you get. Mm-hmm. When you hear something, little feels like, you get the little yeah. feels, right? Little feels for it's certain noises, like something scientific. Like I, it's creepy, it's creepy, it's weird. I don't, I, guess, I don't get it. I don't know. I don't. I, I uh, I'm not too much of. A, it's like there's certain sounds that are just like, oh, that's a lovely sound, and that's then there's lovely. other sounds like like a babbling no. brook. Sure. Yes. yes. A babbling. Like basically, brook. when I think of ASMR, it's just like. Turn on rain sounds, Alexa. You know, just like something like that to but have. But then you like get into the noise. weird people who are like doing the ASMR, the really sensitive microphones that are like tapping it and like doing the little mouth noise <laughs> and like going. <laughs> yeah, what was? Is that a dying cat? Is there I dying cat no, choking cat ASMR? <laughs> I don't know. I'm just making random noises. Bob Ross. Bob Ross is all the ASMR I need. His scratching, dude, scratching the canvas, the canvas, with the, uh, the canvas blade or whatever, dude. Yeah, just like, that, <laughs> yeah, something like that. Yeah. yeah, dude, ASMR. I don't understand it. I, I really don't. And I, I might just be behind the times. It might just be something that people like to, it. Give the people what they want, man. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> okay, so the rest of this app is going to be an ASMR. <laughs> up. We're going to talk about expositional preaching through ASMR. Oh my gosh. 
Oh my gosh, Jack's over here just going full tilt method actor on me. Let me scrunch up this. Dude, what kind of cookie you got there, man? What are you you're over oh, there eating cookies? Um, I will not say the particular brand that I'm rocking. Why but are it's you of the the freaky fast variety of cookies? Oh, um, okay, so all right, James, uh, 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 James Jonathan. James right? Jonathan. <laughs> James Jonathan. Yeah, yeah. Good, good sandwich place. Yes. Yeah. Also, yes. also sounds like some sort of like old English. Pub. Sounds like a yeah, it does sound like, like a pub. Hey, James uh, you know, Jonathan's. <laughs> Meet you at James Jonathan's it's tonight. A, James like, Jonathan's. It feels talk. like a, a pipe tobacco shop yeah, or something. There we go. Like there that. we go. Yes. <laughs> All those aromatics in a James Jonathan's. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Yeah, exactly. So, Jack, we finished the uh, Church Hurt series. Yes. Which was heavy. Very tough. It was tough. It was good, necessary, but tough. Yes. Uh, Want to do something a little bit more. I don't know if lighthearted is a word, but easier. Easier. Yeah. Um, as our listeners know, we're all about the local church on the reformatory. It's what we do. Mm-hmm. It's what we're about. Yep. So we wanted to do something for perhaps our new listeners, older listeners, uh, all of you. That encompasses all of you. And go through nine marks of a healthy church. Yes, ladies and gentlemen. The devs. Yes, we're going full tilt nine Marxist right now. <laughs> nine Marxists. <laughs> All hail our glorious leader, Mark Dever. Dude, people are going to be like, they are, dude, people are triggered right now already. Seriously. <laughs> well, especially in 2020. Yeah. All of the, all of the Uber reformed Doug Wilsonites are like, oh, unsubscribe. <laughs> Not listening to that anymore. I'm going to go listen to Founders. <laughs> I can log into Founders. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I like right. Founders is fine. It's just. We got know. no beef against Founders. I don't think Founders, unlike Jimmy Fowler over there at uh, yeah. at Doc and Devo, I yeah. think they blocked him, but I don't think Founders has blocked us. Not yet. Like well, I mean. Hopefully not. We'll, let's see. You know what? We'll see after this app. Sure. But, okay, here's the thing. Yes, you might not agree with Mark Dever on how he and his church have handled the COVID. You might not. But guys, pretty the exemplary, thing. I must say. Yeah, so. sure. yeah, that's fine. That's fine. Yeah, yeah. I think I, at least I that's think, my opinion. I you know, well, yeah, no, no, that, and that's fine. I think, I think, uh, I think there are things to be taken from both the Dever and the MacArthur. Sure. I think, I think both responded drastically differently. Yeah. Both are great men. Both have done amazing work for the church. And the both nine- are different case studies. <laughs> what? Both are different case. Both studies. are different case studies <laughs> with how both sides of the extreme can be a benefit to the church, right? Sure. But regardless of what you think, the Nine Marks of a Healthy Church book, fantastic, mm-hmm. fan flipping tastic. The series too, where they go into the specific marks. Yes, I, I own them all. They're awesome. The, uh, the color coded ones are those fantastic. Are, those are great books, yeah. dude. Uh, really great books. Um, so. Being, you know, this podcast being about the local church, we wanted to get into, when we talk about the local church, what is it that we're talking about? And how do you know if the church that you are going to currently is healthy? Um, And if you're looking for a church, uh, how do you, what what standards or barometers do you use to choose that specific church, right? Um, And I think the Nine Marks book, uh, by Mark Dever does a fantastic job in laying out the kind of the 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 necessaries like this. Your church needs this. Mm-hmm. If one of these things is missing from your church, 
uh, I think the the ramifications of that are pretty pretty great. Mm-hmm. Absolutely right. So I don't know if we're gonna do all nine because that's nine episodes, and I feel like we're gonna like dangerously get into the whole like let's go through the sixteen ninety nine for three years, <laughs> you know and. <laughs> Sorry, was oh that a little uh, was that a little shot across that, the bow to some other people in podcast land? Yeah, like that was a little on the nose. Yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna back that off a little bit. Sorry, we love Doc and Devo. <laughs> Doc and Devo's great. They are good friends, very good friends. And I tried to kiss Joe, and he didn't know. Yeah, it was well. good. It's on. It's on. It, there's a picture. But anyway, so not sure if we're gonna go through all nine of these marks. Um, we might combine some. We might split some up. Not sure yet. But we did want to cover uh, expositional preaching. So Jack, my friend, my my cookie. You know what? You're Cookie Monster. You're gonna be Cookie Monster. From oh now my on. gosh, Cookie. Wow. Okay. Um, <laughs> when we talk about expositional preaching. And the importance of expositional preaching. Like, let's yeah. let's define terms first. Uh, how how would you define expositional preaching? What what do we mean when we say that? So expositional preaching. So there's a couple different key terms when we talk about uh, preaching in general. You could talk about eisegetical preaching. You could talk about exposi- er, exegetical preaching. Exegetical preaching. I always um, get it mixed up too. It, it, like in my head, I know there's a difference. Eisegesis, exegesis. Yeah, the, yeah. Um, there we go. Sure, hey, that's um, not bad. And then you, you have make flashcards. Uh, so I think expositional preaching is not necessarily tied to exegetical preaching to a certain extent, but you're still trying to get to the fact of what is the text saying to us both then in the past and how it applies to us right now. Right. Um, So you're trying to get to that point. Exegetically is how you go about that. Um, I don't think eisegetical is eisegetical. You're not even doing that at all. You're just, no, no, no. Eisegetical, you, you are preaching just whatever you feel like you're just basically taking the text and applying it to whatever you want it to i guess yeah and then just trying to riff off of that yeah you are literally shooting from the hip yeah yeah, you are you are you are and you're not hitting anything (laughs) but the nice thing is is you can define what your target is so if nothing is your target (laughs) boom 100 percent of the time yeah no no when you're when you're engaging in eisegesis you are reading into the text and taking your preconceived ideas, your opinions, your definitions, and imposing them on scripture. Sure. Versus expositional preaching or, mm-hmm. um, uh, what's the opposite of eisegesis? Exegesis. Uh, sorry, I can't think, I can't Man. think right now. Exegesis. There's so many, there's too many E's. <laughs> Exegesis, um, when you are allowing scripture, the inerrant authoritative word of God, to say what it means. Yeah. And you are using, you know, things like historical context, um, uh, authorial intent, uh, the genre of the specific book to best understand what scripture is saying so that that then can inform you and how you preach and therefore how you live and not the not the other way around yeah and i think this goes too with how you do like bible studies like you can ask the text a lot of questions and i sure. think that's going to help you out a lot versus an ice in 
eisegetical forms and, and ways about going about the text is you're coming to it with maybe a particular problem that maybe that text really isn't there for that particular problem or right. instance that you're talking about, or the, the text doesn't know the text is not communicating that specifically to us because yeah. we're separated by time and space. Obviously the word still speaks to us today and applies to us today in every category of life, but you're going to go about it a different way and talking about it a different way versus if you're trying to just come at it and just say, throw basically if, if the Bible is a wall and you're just trying to throw mud on that wall to see if it sticks. Yeah. Well, I mean, that is arts in 2020. So, (laughs) so, so here's an example of, of eisegesis, right? Taking, Jeremiah twenty nine eleven. Oh gosh, for gosh, I know you the are plans. triggering me so hard right now. <laughs> I am so triggered, dude. I am so sick of hearing Jeremiah twenty nine eleven on every flipping seriously card. Every hobby lobby. Okay, no. <laughs> so you all know the verse. For I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. Eisegesis takes that verse and says, that's about me. Yeah. And not about the wayward Israel nation of Israel. Yeah. And the context in which it was written. Yeah. You can't take that verse and just automatically apply it to you. Yeah. Right. To quote a, another, another, uh, very controversial figure, Matt Chandler. You are not David. Oh, Channy Chan. You are not David. The story of David defeating Goliath is not about you. You can't put yourself into the position of David, Furtick, and say, look, God's going to help you defeat the giants of your life. Yeah. No. You're that scared Israelite that's in the back hiding. Yeah terrified jesus is david yeah you aren't daniel don't dare to be a daniel no (laughs) just going to the lion's den and just oh well the lord will protect me from no you're going to a lion's den you're gonna get eaten common sense people common sense that's what eisegesis does i think eisegesis what eisegesis does is i think there's so i think there's certain truths that apply to god's people but not particularly in certain instances so does God know the plans for your life? Yes, yes, he does. He does. He knows your. He knows the plans for your life and everything like that. But he's trying to communicate a specific thing to his people, the Israelites, at that particular time. Yes, that's why it's not. It doesn't have any bearing on you. So there's kind of a balance that you have to strike too. So Jesus is kind of just like blowing up that balance, so to it, say. Well, no, it, it, like, yeah, well, exactly. Eisegesis just takes whatever I want from the Bible. I cherry pick whatever I feel like makes me feel good. Mm-hmm. And you just apply it to whatever you want. Like that, I mean, at the end of the day, people are going to be like, well, that sounds hard. Well, that's just what it is. You're just, you're molding the Bible in your own image and you're using it to advance any agenda that you have. I mean, if we're going to do that, I mean, let's go into the book of Chronicles and just see oh, how... Oh, dude, start taking <laughs> over things. See I'm how that go, works out for you. I'm going to create... Because, dude, oh. there is so many... There generation... Literally, there's chapters on chapters of just... Give And me, they did whatever they want in dude, their own sight. And again, and again, and again. And give me the mountains. 
I will what? bring down the Giants, dude. I'm gonna create my own city. I'm gonna call it Chop Junior. I'm gonna do what, whatever I feel like because you know what? That's what God told the Israelites to do. He said, "Take dominion, conquer, and boy." I'm, I'm all about that. Chop Junior, man. I am you... getting in touch with my Viking <laughs> heritage, and I'm going to go pillage and plunder. Wow. Preferably Irish. That's exactly Mercy. right. But see, that's what eisegesis is. Oh, yeah. It's crazy. Absolutely. It's yeah. absolutely, it, it's it's nuts. Yeah. yeah. Um, so exegesis or mm-hmm. expositional preaching mm-hmm. is vital because... We know from 2 Timothy 3.16, all scripture is God-breathed. It is the words of the living God. Mm-hmm. And we do not have the right as created sinful beings to impose our definitions or our agendas onto the words of God. Yeah, We are required to allow those words to affect and change us. Yeah. And that's what expositional preaching is. It allows the, the, the text itself to say what the text says. Yeah. Uh, no matter where you are in the Bible, without trying to twist it and turn it into something that you want to make it say, it's like, what does the text say? Mm-hmm. It says, this is sin. It says, this is righteousness. It says, this is good. It says, this is bad. And that settles the matter. Yeah. Right. It is. You are asking. Um, I mean, this can be done in a, in a Bible study too, an inductive Bible study where you're asking the text questions. Who's the author? What's the purpose of this? I mean, that's basically what you're asking in those in those um, questions is what the expositional preacher is going to do. He's going to say basically everything that the text is saying to us now, how it applied to saints of the past and how it is applying to saints of the present right now. And so, yeah, I mean, that's all, I mean, right now our culture is going to be saturated with kind of the, I need a feel good message. Oh yeah. I need this. I need, um, you know, more positivity, more, po- more vibes. Right. I need right. more positive vibes felt in my needs, life. Right. Yeah. Felt needs. And it's what are the like, felt needs? You know, sometimes you just need a good old fashioned kick in the pants. Rebuking, oh, you know, <laughs> holy hellfire <laughs> with some, ha ah, man, it mixed it. No, no. Throw some tapatio, do throw some sauce on that. That's throw right. some tapatio on that joker and just Mix let it, it marinate. Um, so yeah, it's just, I think that, um, the word, the word is your best advocate and you are just a, you're kind of a, um, and I don't know about an orator, but maybe an ambassador of God's word in a sense, if you're preaching in it. And so, yeah, but expositional preaching, I would say is, is very much needed in our day. Uh, it doesn't sugarcoat things. It tries to get yeah. straight directly to the point of what scriptures, like I said, what scripture is saying and and uh, how it applies to us today. So now, Jack, does this mean this means that we hate topical sermons, right? <laughs> right, hate them, hate them, despise them. You you come at me with one of your like Advent series or an Easter series. It's all topical, man. I'm leaving the church, dude. I'm getting okay. Out of here. First of all, I love Advent. I love Advent. It's topical. It it's not expositional. It, topical can be expositional. What? 
Topical can be expositional. Oh, dude, you got to suss that out for me, man. Okay. I don't, I, don't, so, I don't know about that. I don't know about that. You can. So let's say that you're talking about, I mean, primarily, you could have a topical sermon that can be expositional in the sense that if it's talking about certain ethics in a particular part of scripture, you can do that pretty well. I mean, look at 1 Corinthians. Yeah. First Corinthians is talking to a specific church body that has issues within it big time because they kick the elders out. They're getting drunk. They're doing whatever they want within the church. And some, maybe your church is kind of going towards that. I don't know. <laughs> Hopefully it's not. And so you Dude, need I to I want to make so that. many network jokes right now. <laughs> oh man, I'm biting my tongue so bad. You don't, you, you don't understand. I am, oh, I'm holding so much back right now. Oh man. Sorry. Continue. So you can basically take a topic and apply it to a certain part of scripture that basically talks about that and exposits what you're trying to say and what you're trying to get at the crux of that topic. Yeah. So it, it is possible. There's no doubt about it. I mean, yeah. it's just how you go about it. Right. Right. Is the, the key thing. There will be there will be many times in the life of a church where certain events arise within the local body or uh, things in society that. Uh, are having an effect on the local church and that will require the leadership to be like, you know what? We're going to take a break in our study of, you know, chronicles or lamentations or whatever it is to, to talk about this issue because this is something that we are seeing affect our church yeah. and affect the body in ways that we might not like. Um, so we need a topical series on forgiveness or a topical series on uh, um, why, um, abortion is evil, uh, you know, and fill in the blank, right? There will be times when your church and your congregation need to hear what the word of God says about certain topics. Yeah. Right. Um, because not every book talks about every topic. Right. And, and I, as much as I am a fan of sticking to the Sticking to the book and going verse by verse, you know, I, I do like that. I think the the pastors that are so ingrained in that, that they won't take time to uh, consider what's going on around them in their church and in society uh, and how that's affecting their body. I think when you are so ingrained and kind of hard-nosed about it, I think you lose some very good shepherding opportunities. Mm-hmm. Uh, that can happen through preaching uh, a topical series. And again, just like Jack says, it doesn't mean that you have to go the classic topical route and be like, well, I'm going to talk about forgiveness, so I'm going to cherry pick every verse on forgiveness that I see in the Bible and just sprinkle it through my sermon so that it's mostly me with a little bit of Bible. You don't have to do that. I realize that that's how most or, or, you know, probably a lot of people do topical series, Mm -hmm. but you can still take a chunk of scripture and go expositionally, exegetically mm-hmm. on a specific topic. Yeah, absolutely. You can, and I think that's the best way to do it. And I think that's very appropriate in in a lot of contexts. Yeah, I was I know that there's been times where there's been certain series 
it's kind of interesting because right now we're going through, my local church is going through the book of Romans and we're right around, We're I think we're starting chapter 13 on Sunday. And when we record this episode, this next Sunday is November 1st. Oh, wow. And so we're going straight into talking about the government dun, <laughs> right dun, before dun. elections. That's what you call planning. <laughs> That's planning. Dude, that is a plan. If that if there was a planned out topical sermon, that is it. Right Nailed there. it. Cha-ching. <laughs> so, I mean, there's times where like providentially yeah. you're going to cover exactly what is going to be going on within, you know, society or in your culture. Right. And it's just going to fall within, um, you know, what you're preaching on and that's, and call it topical. That's pretty expositional to me because we're still going through chapter by chapter in a certain book right. of scripture or a certain epistle. And so, yeah, I mean, it doesn't, I think all, like I said, all scripture is going to apply to all areas of life. You can make it topical and you can look at a book in a certain way in which it can exhort uh, the people within your church, but you have to go about it very carefully and you can't be haphazard about it. So exactly. Well, I think one of the greatest benefits to utilizing this expositional preaching is that it brings to light and it brings to focus of every sermon, what should be the focus. And that's Christ and his gospel, mm-hmm. right? When you allow scripture to speak and to dictate how you speak and how you preach, you're going to find very quickly that the entirety of the Bible is about Christ. Yeah. <laughs> and the entirety of Scripture itself is about Christ and his gospel and making, putting that on full display, right? Uh, and I agree with Spurgeon when he said, you know, th- the preacher's job is to, wherever he is in the Bible, whether you're in Lamentations or Corinthians or Judges, you know, wh- wherever you are, your, your job as a preacher is simple. And that is to make a beeline to Christ and his gospel as quickly and efficiently as you can. Mm -hmm. Right. And I think we get so caught up in, well, you know, am I, am I dynamic enough? Am I using enough examples? Am I making, and it it turns it into more of an an art and a speech. And yeah, I I have nothing wrong with being a good public speaker. You want to be polished and you want to be engaging. You don't want to be up there looking like you don't believe what you're saying. Yeah. (laughs) Right. But the job of the preacher is simple, and that is to make Christ glorious, or to mm-hmm. not, not we don't make him glorious, to show how Christ, how glorious Christ is. And when you adopt the expositional preaching model, it happens naturally mm-hmm. because that's what Scripture does. Yeah, it puts Christ on full display. Mm-hmm. It's about Him, yeah. right? And you lose that when you go through you know preaching as more of a uh, as more of a what am i trying to say when you view preaching as more it's just like well you know this is just kind of my time to get up and either show my prowess in speaking or uh, yeah. or or use this scripture to kind of you know bend it to where where i want it to go and things like you you lose it mm-hmm. you do and it and you're adding, you're just, you're just diluting the potency of scripture, mm-hmm. the more you add of yourself. Yeah. Right. And when you aren't engaging in an expositional preaching, the only other alternative is more of you mm-hmm. instead of more of scripture. Mm-hmm. Right. So you don't want that. At least I, I, mean, I don't want that. Yeah. <laughs> the more, I, the more I'm put on display, the more I feel like I need to like 
hide. <laughs> yeah. Sure. Because I don't want like I don't want my opinions and my agendas to infect and infiltrate scripture. Like mm-hmm. I want I want the the opposite. I want to be informed by scripture so that my life can change and come into more more in alignment with who Christ is. Yeah, absolutely. Plus there's also a balance that you have to strike uh in preaching because I think there's a difference between preaching and teaching. Oh yeah, yeah, and there you're is. You're doing you're doing in preaching you you are needing to do both in a sense. But you need to balance that out because in one way if if you lean to too much into teaching, it's going to sound like a lecture. Right. If you lean too far into preaching, it might sound like a lot of, um, how should I say this? A lot of positivity to a certain degree. Sure. Um, so there needs to be a balance between that, but then there also needs to be a, a balanced, uh, struck in the sense that how is the ancient informing the modern and how can the modern look back to the ancient and say, okay, this is what I need to learn uh, from the saints of old. So there's a couple of different things going on there in expositional preaching. And um, I think those are key versus I'm just going to shoot. And I think when you start expositionally preaching, you really need to understand the context. Yes. And when I say context, context is king. I'm not saying, I'm not saying um, the, the con culture, because I think that's different. Right. I'm talking about within the text. Right. I'm talking about looking at the beginning of the chapter, looking at the ending of the chapter, looking at where you're preaching from. Right. And looking at literally context is meaning with the text. So look at the text and what's going on within it. Usually we will use context as saying, oh, well, the context of this, meaning with the culture. And I'm like, I remember one of my seminary professors like, no, don't do that. It's like, just stick within the, the scripture that you're preaching on and look around it and what's going on around it. Um, I think that's vastly different and a, and a good understanding. It's all about how you prepare to prep that sermon for your people. Um, and it's going to be needed. Like people... I mean, you're going to have a ton of different people coming into your your church, uh, your church buildings saying and feeling different things, and you are going to have to address them in a particular under-shepherd kind of way. Yeah. So That's exactly right. Exactly right. So I think to, to bring it all together, you know, I think we people ask, okay, well, I get it. Expositional preaching is important. Uh, we should be doing that. What does that have to do with the local church? Like how, how does that affect the local church? I think it's an obvious and simple answer is that where the preaching goes, there goes the church. Perhaps the most important aspect of the local church is what is coming from the pulpit. So what's coming from the pulpit is going to infect and affect everything else. It's going to affect the community life. It's going to affect how we worship. It's going to affect our giving. It's going to affect uh, the the process in which we make decisions. Like like all of it is going to come from the pulpit. So 
I think it's kind of important <laughs> that we get our preaching yeah. right. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You know, um, how we evangelize, how we interact with each other, how we, uh, how we go through just the, the everyday life decisions that have to be made in the context of the local church. Like all of that is going to be affected with how is the preach, like what, what is the focus of the preaching? Is it just my felt needs? Is it just whatever, whatever the preacher wants, whatever he feels like I want, or is it the word of God? Is it putting the word of God on display? Mm -hmm. Uh, the preaching, the preaching really does affect so much of the local church. Absolutely. And you can feel it. Like if it's a bad preacher mm-hmm. and you're sitting there like, man, I ain't got no joy, joy, joy down in my heart after that. And he's up there butchering. He's up there butchering Song of Solomon and making it about something weird. I'm sitting here like, dude, what are you doing? You're killing me, man. Like, just stop. Stop, Driscoll. Stop. Oh, sorry. It's a Freudian slip. Freudian slip there. Oh, dude. But yes. Yeah. Context. Context is important. You need you need context. You're not just going to hop in the middle of a season two of The Mandalorian <laughs> without without looking watching season one first. We had to say that. Dude, we, dude it's coming it's out. It's coming yes. tonight. Tonight, people. Well, well, when we re- when we when record, we record this, this, it's coming dude, by out the time tonight. people listen to this app, like I will have already probably watched all of them. Well, well, I mean, no, it's they release them once at it one. one oh, so it's once those, a week. Those so. evil, evil. You can't evil. do that, man. I can't. That's binge that's it. what they even did with a couple other series. They only they started. Like, they didn't just. Mass I'm like a. Blast I'm like a out. lab rat. They give me like one. Two, it's like Pavlov's. Dude, they're gonna ring the bell once. They figured but, it out, man. They dude, figured seriously, it out. They figured it out, and I'm gonna sit there they like a keep slobbering you on dog. That IV, dude. Somehow, so. Well, dude, I'm 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 <laughs> plugging the IV in myself. <laughs> like they don't need to keep me there. I'm just. Where, where's the IV? Where, where is it? Can I have two? Two Fs. <laughs> two Fs. Dude, I hope the Fs are longer this time. I heard they are longer. Good. I 28 heard, minutes was I, not enough. I heard that the fir- this first episode is going to be 50 to 54 <gasps> minutes long. You don't know how excited I am right so, now. And then I heard, That's amazing. And then I heard possibly the episodes following that are going to be 40 minutes long. Thank you, Favreau. So they're trying to give us Thank you. 10 minutes of goodness. Knows what He knows what we need. Now, that... In that context, that's giving the people what you want. Felt needs is important. <laughs> Favreau knows what my felt needs are. He knows I need I need longer reps. I need more Mando with a jetpack, and I need my baby Yoda. He knows what this man needs. Man, a lot of people, a lot of people are gonna be jaded about you saying baby Yoda. Maybe okay, the child, <laughs> the child. Baby Yoda's just so much more cute, dude. Walking around with his little punch bowl, is there a little soup bowl? Oh yeah, sipping on that little egg. Mm. Yeah, mm. that little uh, squeeze little his crib, cheeks, little crib, uh, little crib egg, dude, floating crib man. egg. Dude, action. okay, I want a crib egg, man. Could you, like, I mean, what was that show? Cribs, cribs, right? Isn't that it? An exhibit? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Only as literal cribs. <laughs> like check out check out this new crib I pimped out on my infant. Check it out. Check it out. No, look, look at that this, was look at this. Pimp My Ride. Pimp My Excuse Ride. Me. Oh, that's right. <laughs> well, I mean, kind of same diff. Dude, He's riding are, around in it. We are splicing so many cultural hey, MTV. Hey, it's like it's mind. like a bad topical sermon, man. Just gonna take from <laughs> take a little bit of this, take a little bit of that, put it all together in the blender, hey, and boom. Uh, <laughs> you're probably gonna be a bad, a bad 
eisegetical sermon would would take like MTV cribs and be like, "This is God, like how you how you living in God's crib or something That's right. like that That's would right. be the title." <laughs> yeah, of it. yes, oh bad eisegesis takes pop culture and makes oh it a sermon my series. Gosh, dude. Yes, yeah. That's, Whatever you, if you see, if your somebody, church does that, if you see your church playing <sighs> movie theater clips, which I have oh. experienced in the past, oh, dude. No, stop. Stop it. Stop it. Stop stop. This does not belong in the context of the Lord's Day. Do not be playing no Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade to try and illustrate something in your quote unquote sermon. It's gonna be all those hipster pastors like playing some Christopher (laughs) Nolan. Like it's gonna be memento or it's gonna be memento up there or uh or the other one, the the one with the Leonardo. The the, Oh yeah, yeah. You know, the one where the bar, yes. bar. Inception. Yeah. Inception. Inception. That's yeah. it. So, man, all the nerds like all me the were screaming us, at yeah. me, screaming at their cars right now. Yes. Yeah. Don't don't do that, pastors. Please. Like the word of God's enough. It does not need Christopher Nolan. It doesn't. And stop trying to like make like Jesus and the Dark Knight. <laughs> oh my God. Jesus is not in the oh, Dark Knight. No. That's the point of the movie. Oh no. Everything's dark. Everything. <laughs> The Dark Knight is the Dark Knight. The Dark Knight okay? is the Dark Knight. The Dark Knight can stand on his own, all right? Jesus in all of it, where it just, that's just, you're killing me. Oh, well, now I'm angry. No, no, I'm not. Jack, please, please get us out of here. So, in- if you want more ranting about how. Oh, this, was, this felt good. How, about how culture should not be interwoven into expositional preaching. Yes. Uh, please follow us on the sociables, if you will. Yes. Uh, the tweaker, mm. the Facebook, mm. the Instagram, if mm. you will, all at Reformatory Pod. Yes. Josh, tell the nice lovely people of the podcast about our patreon sir well nice lovely people we have felt needs jack and i those felt needs manifest themselves in monetary needs meaning it takes money to do this podcast and we have a patreon if you feel so inclined for one movie ticket a month or even less. Movie tickets are expensive. Theaters now. are starting to open up, people. I know. It's happening. But for one of that a month, you two could become a Patreon supporter and have your name hallowed through these hallowed. halls. Hallowed through the halls. Uh, give us a like and review. Please, reviews, uh, five-star ratings on iTunes and wherever you get your podcast. They really help us out. Uh, we enjoy hearing what you guys think mm-hmm. and uh, hearing some of the reviews that come from... Uh, you listeners, it's it's a joy, and it helps kind of get our podcast away from the more felt needs podcasts and into the expositional podcasts, like <sighs> the briefing. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna become the briefing. Oh, no. So what's gonna happen? Yes, uh, it's no, gonna happen. We are not becoming TV anchors up oh, in here. Oh, fine. Especially fine, with fine. that, uh, especially with that cologne you put on <laughs> before you. Okay, came we'll up talk in about here. that next step. <laughs> That's next step. I'm not. I'm not giving that up right now. That's a good riff. All right, well, we thank you all for joining us on this episode, and we will catch you on the next episode of The Reformatory. Mm-hmm.